Welcome to Frequencies, a podcast that shares stories and practical advice from creative leaders around the world. My name is Michelle Wang, and I'm the design and partnerships intern here at Butcher Shop, supporting with anything and everything for world's greatest internship. This episode is centered around the question, what makes a successful internship program? In part one, we're going to hear from some of our past WGI agency partners as they share their experiences and insights. In part two, I dive into conversations with our amazing interns we've had in past WGI editions to hear their sides of the story and what their opinion on the current state of internships is. We're hoping this can help agencies start or improve their internship programs, as well as provide value for prospective intern applicants. So far, we've heard from creative leads or internship managers among our various agency partners, but that's not the full story. As all great designers would know, we have to ask the end users too. So this next portion of the episode, you'll be hearing from past interns from our World's Greatest Internship Program. What's World's Greatest Internship, you ask? Each year, we and our partners select a group of emerging creatives to embark on a paid six-month journey, stopping at top global agencies and creative companies around the world. The program was imagined by Butcher Shop after identifying that most schools aren't teaching creatives the most important topics related to creativity, culture, leadership, business, uncertainty, impact, and confidence. For my next conversation, I explored how the WGI experience impacted this designer's idea of what it means to be a designer. The following is my conversation with Edition 2 intern, Na Regenisorn. My guest today is Na Regenisorn, a multidisciplinary designer hailing from Thailand who does amazing work in 3D branding and animation. Na has studied at Namba Milano and Pratt Institute, and as a part of World's Greatest Internship, Edition 2, he interned under Kodo, Listen, and W2O. Not surprisingly, Nat was a 2019 TDK Award recipient and has worked with Nike, Spotify, H&M, Porter Rocha, Dazzle Studio, and more. Recently, he founded Nat Studio, a creative agency specialized in branding and motion. Nat, it's so great to have you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Michelle. So before I dive into the meteor questions, tell me a little bit about your background. What's your designer origin story? So I was born and raised here in Thailand. And when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time doing design for my school projects or helping my teacher with like all the school events. So that when I started like to get into design. So I started doing like, you know, school booklet or like billboards for school and clubs in school. Before I graduated, I decided like I want to study abroad somewhere in Europe or in America. I I decided to pick Milan as my choice because Milan is like a, a city in Italy that also has a lot of background in art history and also fashion that also what I'm interested in. And what was the journey of WGI like for you? Would you be able to give us a quick rundown of the different internship programs that you were part of for Edition 2? Yes. So for WGI, I was in a journey with Tom and also Kinsey. Then I started to to work at Kodo Berlin and then Listen Venture in Chicago. And I wrap it up at WTO in San Francisco. So I just want to jump into this bigger question that yep. I'm asking all my guests. 
But what do you think is the most important aspect of the internship? What makes or breaks a good internship for you? For me, I think the best aspect of an internship, it would be a space that you're allowed to make mistakes and learn from it uh, and also experience from the real industry, you know, because as an intern, people don't expect you to to perfect anything. So you are allowed to like make mistakes and learn from it. Yeah. And where do you feel like you struggle the most? To be honest, I don't really struggle during like the WGI time. Because it was a great experience. Like sometimes I m- mistake, sometimes I get lost, but I do understand that it, it's a part of the, the journey. So I I did not struggle, but I would say I kind of like learn from all the mistakes, you know. Okay. Well, on the flip side of that question, I want to ask, what do you think that you did really well in your internship program? I think I deliver what my mentor expect really well. So I try to think like one step ahead of what they want, you know, like if they say they want A, B, C, I would think about like D, E, F as well. So I think I try to think one step ahead to kind of like help them and provide them what they need, even they didn't ask for. That's really good. Yeah. And was there anything kind of unexpected you discovered maybe about yourself or your work ethic or your working style during, you know, the three internships that you had? During the BGI, I kind of expected that it would be unexpected, you know. So I think what is the most unexpected would be joining this program as a graphic designer and I thought, oh, I would be doing all the design. A stop that I have in Chicago is Listen Venture, which is like a venture capital firm, which is like quite different from, you know, a person with a graphic design background. I think I get to learn more about investment and also like finance, startup and and so forth. I think this is like one of the most unexpected things that I learned during the BGI. Do you feel as though your role turned out to be what you expected and did it align with the job description you applied for? I know you you said that part of it was knowing that it was unexpected, but Mm -hmm. how did it change your expectations? I think it changed a lot because first I applied to the BGI wanting to do like design intern. So I was just expecting to learn only about graphic design or branding. But being a part of the BGI, I think I get to learn much more than that. I think it changed me from being a graphic designer to be a creative entrepreneur. Now I want to ask, what is something that you feel like you learned? And this doesn't have to be just you know, through WGI, it could be through all of your past experiences working with different agencies or companies. But what's something you learned that has still stuck with you to this day? I think like one of the most important thing when it comes to running a studio and also like working with other people, it's it's about how you treat other people because you you will not be able to work with people that are not happy working with you. So I think like all the people skill, like how you treat people, how you communicate and how you manage emotion. So I would say like all the people skill that I learned from like working and interning with um, with like different places. I think that is like really important and stick with me to this day. And I think that is what get me this far in in my design career. 
I would love to know maybe if you have a piece of advice for young designers who are starting out in their careers, how can they differentiate themselves? Maybe it's within their portfolio work because it's quite hard to, I think, compete among such a talented pool of people. It always feels like you're kind of like the small fish in a big pond. So Mm -hmm. if you have any advice you'd like to give. Yeah, what I did... Um, as a young creative, I think I look at the industry first and, and see what are they looking for, right? And then I think I try to find like a couple of things that they are looking for. Then I, I, I ask myself what I would enjoy doing the most out of all those things. And then I start to like perfecting that, you know, and it, keep going. Just Just don't stop. Like don't settle for less. Just keep going with your craft and and make sure that that you you have a voice that differentiates um, you from the rest. In my next conversation, I talked to a talented designer from Edition Two, where we discuss what it's like to experience WGI with other interns, all while traveling the world and immersing yourself in new cities. This is my conversation with Hannah Small. So my guest today is Hannah Small, who is a graphic designer from Auckland, New Zealand, currently working at Innovation Studio, previously unavailable. She was a part of WGI Edition 2, where she interned at Kodo in London, Profit in New York, and Character in San Francisco. Hannah, it's lovely to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on, Michelle. So before I dive into the meteor questions, tell me a little bit about your background and how you stumbled into design. So I actually started out really interested in fine arts. And so I was at art school for a few years, a school called Elam in Auckland. And a really interesting experience. It was a lot of conceptual thinking and a lot of figuring out how to work in a studio environment. So it was really rewarding, but I found that I was missing learning more about how to directly communicate with people. And so that's really what I found in design. Uh, So I ended up doing a communication design degree. And yeah, I just, I really started to love it in my final year of that degree. And I uh, studied advertising and branding. And so that's just a bit of my background in design. And what do you think is probably the most important aspect of a successful internship and what makes or breaks a good internship for you? So I found that what made a really great internship was the brand studios really taking the opportunity to see us as people that could add real value into the business. And when you're an intern, you really just want to be able to contribute and be useful wherever you can. And also I think when studios looked at what we could personally bring, so what we were actually interested in as individuals and what we could bring to the studio, that's where we felt were the most rewarding experiences. And what was it like to have other WGI interns with you? I know you guys live together or in the same apartment. So what was that experience like? Because I bet it was like super fun. It was really fun. We actually joked about it being kind of like a design reality show or something. (laughs) Just because, you know, it was like when all the contestants kind of live at the same place. Yeah. Yes, that was actually one of the most incredible parts about this internship is that we were all together sharing these similar experiences 
and we could go home at the end of the day and check in with one another about how we were feeling and how things were going and we could kind of motivate each other and talk to each other about what things were worrying us or what we really wanted to be doing. So yeah, that was a really valuable part of the whole experience. Did you guys find that you guys were like, you guys shared some of the similar struggles at like different places you worked at? And if so, do you remember what they were or do you have any stories about that? Well, I guess we would sort of talk about just more day-to-day things about what the kind of personalities were like that we were working with and kind of talking through that. And also just what we kind of wanted to get out of design and our careers, because it's uh, kind of you're going into the unknown. So it's cool to actually be able to share those kind of like fears and what your aspirations are with other designers. What was something unexpected that you discovered about yourself or maybe about the industry Mm -hmm. in general during your experience at WGI? Well, I think what was really unexpected is sometimes when uh, certain things weren't going as smoothly as everyone in the studio had hoped, if things were getting a little bit rocky, I actually felt like I learned more from those experiences than when things were just really easy. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, learning from that was quite unexpected, I think. I think if things were just sort of smooth sailing, you're not actually going to be getting a lot out of the experience. In this next conversation, I talk about imposter syndrome and how it affects more modern creatives than you might think. This is my conversation with copywriter in addition to WGI intern Tom Lander. So my guest today is Tom Lander, a copywriter at an advertising agency called White Gray in Melbourne. He completed award school in 2020 and was one of the WGI edition two interns. He also objectively has too many pairs of white sneakers. Tom, so awesome to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. So I stalked your website a little, actually, and it sounds like (laughs) you've had quite the journey involving a lot of backpacking and career pivots. So tell me about how you ended up where you are now. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, a few strange pivots and going into some unknown directions. But so I'm from Canberra originally. I moved to Melbourne to study fine art at uni. I did that after my gap year, which is where I backpacked. So I went around Western and Eastern Europe for a bit over six months, which was amazing. And especially now in COVID times, very grateful that I could get so much traveling kind of out of the way already. Yeah, then I moved to Melbourne to study art, did that for a year, but felt like I kind of wanted a bit more. Art was not businessy enough. Business was too business and not enough art, which is kind of how I started studying advertising. So I changed into that at uni, did that for that was a three-year course. And then while I was doing that is when I got wind of WGI. So that was my final year of that of that degree. So along the way there, I was working in a few different places. I've worked in like a, a couple small branding studios, some design places, a digital agency, and then yeah, applied for WGI. And then now it's now. So this is a question that I've asked everyone I've interviewed so far, but basically, what do you think is the most important aspect of an internship program and what makes or breaks a good internship for you? Yeah, I think this is something that WGI, at least in my experience, did really well, is that 
the internships that we were doing weren't the stereotypical internship. It wasn't coffee runs. It wasn't doing menial paperwork. It wasn't like just organizing people's desks or anything ridiculous. It was effectively you're working in a junior version of your role, kind of being given a real chance to absorb everything, take everything in and kind of hit the ground running. That was something that I was apprehensive about going into WGI. I was nervous that the internships that we would do would be like I just said, they'd be like you were the most junior person in the room, but that was not my experience at all. So that's that would be my gold standard for an internship. And something that WGI did was that the internships that you were doing were less of an internship and more of mm-hmm. a junior version of the role, because that's ultimately the only way that you're going to learn on the ground what it is that what you want to do is like. You're not going to get that experience from getting coffee for people. You're going to get that from trying to figure out the job as you go, having meetings with clients, having meetings with people in the agency, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I think those are the kind of internships that are really worth something to both you and the agency that you're interning at. Then it becomes genuinely mutually beneficial rather than just you being able to put an agency's name on your resume. You get that as well as being able to actually help an agency with what they're doing, the daily goings on their job. Yeah. What was something that you felt like you learned about yourself and, you know, feel free to be specific about it because I'd love to get into like the nitty gritty. And yeah, was there anything that you, at the end of the internship, you were like, oh yeah, I actually, I realized this about myself personally. Yeah. So as you started asking, it's like, <clears throat> knew what I was going to say, that I, and this is something that I experienced like in conjunction with the other interns is that imposter syndrome is so much more of a normal thing than you think. And it makes it feel so, so obviously so imposter syndrome, yeah, where, where you think that you're not good enough to be doing the job that you're doing or that you don't know what you're doing or that you're not the expert someone else is and you're just making everything up. This feeling like someone else will always be better at the job than you is so much more universal than I thought. And that was quite isolating for me is even though I now have kind of come into my own a little bit in the space and I know that I'm quite good at the things that I am good at doing, it's taken me a while to realize that imposter syndrome is just a normal part of that and that it's kind of like your own self-doubts just niggling away at you there. But yeah, I found that was something that, that I found that is that is that imposter syndrome isn't true. Like it's just your own self-doubts and and worries eating away at you, but that you shouldn't listen to them. So we spoke about that with all of the other interns and I was just so shocked that some of these, all of the other interns who in addition to are some of the most incredible designers that I've seen ever, like they make the most amazing work and you look at them and you just think like, yeah, they, they are the most confident, killer designers, motion designers, creatives, all this stuff. And then you talk to them and they go, yeah, I think that I'm I'm just pretending every day as well. Like I'm just literally making it up as I go along. And that was such a affirming thing to have realized is that this thing that I thought I was just dealing with is something that creatives deal with as a whole. I mean, part of it is what must be because we put ourselves on a page for people to look at and judge. But yeah, knowing that this this thing is so prevalent 
was a massive learning. Do you have you developed a strategy for how to deal with maybe when you're feeling that way? Or I would love to know what's a way that you constantly curate your skills. Some people, whether it's looking at other people's portfolios or you do read like mm-hmm. certain blogs and you know what's your what's your routine I think there's a few things that I do one of them is definitely just trying to keep your finger on the pulse of of stuff both in industry and out of industry with that I think you need to know what's happening in industry obviously so that you know if the things that you're doing are original and interesting but you also so, so that you kind of know what the standard is but you also need to kind of have your finger on the pulse of everything not in the industry because if you work somewhere and the only thing that you're interested in is branding or design or advertising, you're not bringing anything extra and interesting to to the relationship. And that's where interesting ideas come from, is from these really bizarre perspectives on like the things that you might know so much more about than someone else. Or like when all when you have all these little experts on things, it makes really interesting work that isn't just like beautiful work it's so much more than that and then in terms of kind of pulse checking myself with imposter syndrome with all of that something that I try to do is take and this is so difficult for me is to take compliments when people say oh like you know great work that that looks that looks great whatever that reads that reads well I am so in the habit of going oh, really? Oh, oh, no. Like, oh, thanks so much. Yeah, but this happened and this happened. And yeah, but, but it doesn't work because of this. And it's like, just say thanks. And and that that helps you in your own brain stop connecting like someone positively affirming your work to you making all these excuses. And it's so hard because it, I, I think it's hardwired in my brain when someone says, oh, that's good work. And then I go, oh, really? Well, I think that actually it's, you know, it's actually not bad because I've done all this stuff. And it's like just they have no they have no reason to lie to you at all. So when someone says, especially when someone that you respect says that's good work, just say thanks. I put a lot of effort into it. And that is such a kind of mental switch flicked which has really helped me kind of solidify the things that I'm good at and the things that I know that I'm good at and even if I have my own self-doubts it doesn't matter because it's being recognized as as positive work externally that's it's your own creative pressure that you're putting on yourself to make good work so that's my biggest tip is taking positive criticism that's a really good tip. And it reminded me of the concept of how language shapes the way we think. And I yeah, think yeah. building off of that, like the way you talk to yourself is so important because I think it's 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 one thing to emphasize, you know, how you express yourself to the world, but there's also something to be said for like how do you speak to yourself? How kind are you to yourself and 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 how do you value your own work? And I think mm. that there's something that a lot of designers and creatives do is that they feel the need to qualify themselves constantly and to, yeah. to you know, I guess, like you said, affirm the fact that, oh, you know, my work is is, is good only because X, Y, Z. It's like, no, it can be good because you are, yeah. you're just good. <laughs> and that's, I think, a yeah, really, exactly. really great point. I was going to say, I think that's, there's something to in that for when when you affirm the things that you're doing you make other people doubt you 
when you affirm them too much. Where, whereas when you go in and you say, this is good because of this, mic drop, people are more likely to absorb that. Whereas when you go in and say, this is really good, and I think this, and I think this, and you know, if you look at this, you'll see this. It's then you invite more space for people going. Oh well, why are they? Why aren't they rationalizing it so much? Like I, I trusted them when they told me it was good. Now I'm starting to think it, it might not be. Yes. Well, so going off of that, actually, I, w- I want to ask, what did you think that you did really well in your internship program and your time at WGI? Yeah, I think part of it was definitely that journey with figuring out that I was good at things that was a massive thing that I think still has made impact on on me so in terms of what I did well with that yeah it would be clocking when good work is good work and and just sitting within that something else I'd say would be letting yourself feel uncomfortable with things that are outside of your comfort zone that you don't have experience with yet, which I think WGI was great for. So kind of uh, referencing what we were talking about earlier, I think one of the best things about WGI is that you're interning as real people working in these studios and you're not doing quote unquote intern work. And that can be really uncomfortable. But when you lean into that and when you say I'm not the expert in the room but I'm willing to learn so that one day I can be the expert in the room that is tough but if you can give in to that it makes the experience so much more beneficial for you because I'd never personally worked in verbal strategy before but I knew that it was something that I wanted to do and that I still do want to do in the future and even though I hadn't had explicit experience doing it and I was quite uncomfortable at first kind of um, directly linking strategy to writing to branding all this stuff which I was somewhat familiar with but hadn't really had a crack at I think it was that was hard but something that I definitely did quite well was that I Mm -hmm. just gave myself over to asking questions and being being the stupidest person in the room in the nicest way possible. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with asking questions. And obviously it's different depending on the culture of where you go. And actually I'll might add that into, into where is somewhere that you would like to intern and it would be somewhere where you feel comfortable asking questions. That's a huge thing is, is yeah, something that I think I did well in, in the internships was that I wasn't afraid to say, excuse me, I don't understand this or like, mm-hmm. can you help me with this? Because that's the only way that you're going to find out. Um, and then you ask the question once and then you know forever and it stops you from feeling like an idiot later on when right. you don't know the answer to something because then you've already learned it. Like you only need to ask a question once, whereas you might put yourself in a tricky situation if in the future you didn't ask anything and then it snowballs and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to reveal 10 weeks in that you don't know what whip stands for. Like it's <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's yeah merit, merit in that. And it's tough, but it's, I think, yeah, just knowing that it's okay to not be the expert at things. And no one expects you to be the expert when you're an intern. No one expects you to be an expert ever. That's kind of the, the thing right. is you should be good and passionate about learning, but it, every day is a learning experience with it because someone, someone else is the expert and you should feel comfortable asking them 
about it. My next conversation is with a multi-talented designer and intern from Edition 2. We discussed what she's doing now post-WGI and how she's adjusted to taking on multifaceted roles, working as a product designer and at an agency she started with close friends. This is my conversation with S. Yoon. So my guest today is S. Yoon, who is a graphic and product designer currently building digital product and marketing for Open, a mindfulness company, and also designing for Ophelia, a creative content company, which she started with close friends and collaborators after completing WGI. She was a part of Edition 2, where she made her stops at Kodo, Profit, and Character. S, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me part of it. I'd like to start off by maybe you telling us a little bit about your background and how you got into design. Yeah, I think the real quick answer for that is I was always interested in anything visual and communication. And then right upon graduating high school, I directly went to design school I went to CalArts and it's kind of funny thinking back on it now because I actually didn't know any professional like creatives at all, not even designers, artists or anything. And then going to design school was almost like buying a house without looking at the house because I really didn't know anything that industry would entail at all. But, you know, it's been a great ride and it, it, I'm very just thankful that it's something that I became very passionate about over the years. So this is a question I've been asking everyone on the podcast, but essentially, what do you think is the most important aspect of an internship? And for you, what makes or breaks a good internship? I think for a good internship, I think it really depends on not only just how much you're willing to invest and ask and engage, but it also depends on who is actually offering you that internship and how much they're willing to teach you as well. I think there are some places that I heard of that they just bring on interns like seasonally without really the intention of really like, what can I give to this young individual who wants to know more about this field? And it also depends on the intern themselves, like how much are they willing to get the most out of their situation? So it really plays both ways. What's an area where you felt like, this is a two-part question, but what's an area you felt like you struggled the most? And then what's an area that you felt like you excelled in? Yeah, I think overall, I mean, there was definitely a lot of struggles (laughs) throughout the entire internship. But I think overall, I think the big thing that I knew I was struggling was with patience. And I think the patience that I'm talking about was I was so, I wanted it to be really good, really fast. And I wanted to be the best intern that they probably went across. Like I just had that drive and I was very frustrated that even though I knew I was putting in a lot of dedication, I wasn't quite there. And I think it wasn't towards the end of my internship where I realized like some of these, you know, soft skills and I guess even just the confidence, it's not something that you can just master overnight not something that you can master within your six-month internship. It's something that you really have to curate within your practice as you get older. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I remember I wrote about this in the WGI blog as in like, it was, I think it was like my last entry when this all clicked. And I was, and I think it gave me a really lasting sense of peace once that, the idea 
I finally understood that. And it's something that I still struggle with to this day with my professional job because I want it, you know, I want everything to be there, all the pieces together, but I have to kind of, you know, calm down and go like, you know, it takes time. You have to curate it, something that's going to grow. Yeah. To follow up on that, what's something that you felt like maybe gave you confidence as an intern? Was there anything like during your internship where maybe it was a a conversation you had with a mentor or it was a project you finished Mm -hmm. that you felt really proud of? Was there anything like that? Yeah, I think well, confidence has always been a very tricky thing for me overall, because I think before the internship, I kind of saw confidence as more so like ego, something that people just kind of like throw out there. But I think during the internship, I realized that if you could uh, navigate it right, it's actually one of the most important tools to communicate with the people that you work with, people that your clientele, to really drive that idea and execute it. You need people to start trusting you as trust as in they need to be able to know that, you know, they can put faith in you and we're going to get this done. And I saw that within some of the studios I was working in of how they were talking to clients, clients who are nervous already on, you know, investing a lot of money and time into this creative direction that usually they're not familiar with. They use confidence to make that connection with their clients and build a lasting relationship with them. And that's when I realized, you know, confidence is not just about your ego. It's not about like how you present yourself out there for, you know, other people to see you, but it's really a tool. If you can use it right, it really is a tool. And with that said, I definitely haven't perfected that because there's things that I'm always like insecure about. There's things that I'm always like, oh, I can be so much better. Or I see so many other creatives out there who are like just killing it on um, social media, whatever work they're putting out, whatever project that they're on. And then I have to think like, it's not a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. Well, let me take that back. As in competition, I'm not a competitive person. Like if someone's doing well, I'm just like, oh man, like that person's better than me. It's more just like, oh my God, I need to work on myself. Like, how could I do better? Like, like I'm very proud of everyone out there, but I get like, oh my God, I need to like what like work on myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to know more about kind of your work currently and what you're doing at Open and Ophelia. They all seem like really mm-hmm. cool endeavors and like um, yeah. how do you balance the two? It seems like you're doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. So actually after WGI finished, it was actually a very interesting transition <laughs> because <laughs> right after WGI ended, uh, my plan was actually, I was going to lay low for like a month or two just to have a break. And then I was actually planning to move to New York to start designing out there. But then the pandemic happened and it really changed a lot of course and it didn't just change like where I was gonna live it actually changed my entire design practice you know like a lot of brand-based or advertisement creative studios they were on a pause because of the pandemic and then that's when I actually went into heavy onto product design which isn't something Mm -hmm. that I ever I never was actually professionally taught product design but I actually joined a place called Active Theory right before right in the start of pandemic and they specialize in immersive web experiences but they're very very creative so they kind of brought me on to be able to do a hybrid of doing creative direction 
And also actually starting to learn how to build, you know, like these very interactive, complex websites, which I'm very grateful that actually happened because at the speed of how design is moving with technology, you just have to keep picking up new skill sets and being able to be almost like a Swift Army knife tool, no matter where you go. And then with learning a lot of like product and web experiences, I, I think was a really great transition for me to start doing working that as a hybrid, like doing both product and doing both creative. Um, because for me, it's really easy to switch my brain on and off for both. Because <laughs> there's days when, you know, I can just push the entire product build and just focus on that. And then it's really nice to switch hats and then work on like more like creative uh, direction to build out new ideas to market and bring things out. And that's when I found Open. And I actually I actually just started there. So I've only been two weeks in Open, but it's actually the perfect fit for me because so many other jobs, they kind of just want you to stick to one role, just doing motion, just doing branding or just doing product. But, you know, I went in Open right now. I'm actually working with several different teams to do the creative um, thinking process and build behind it and I think that's I think that's like a sweet spot for me as and I think a lot of designers are a little bit hesitant to go in-house especially a startup but for me actually it's the most flexible spot that I have been able to work because when you're in-house you, you get to move really really fast and it, there's no other clients that you have to convince like this is a great idea so let's please buy this idea and run with it I think when you're in-house startup and you're moving the culture is already moving fast you can just grab take the resources and be able to build it and then with Ophelia that's actually a very special um, little project into my heart because um, when the pandemic started a lot of us a lot of myself included we were freelancing on the side and it kind of started off with we were all freelancing individually how about we start pitching together for bigger projects and a lot of some of my friends are videographers directors editors producers handful of us designers and we actually been able to because we were a smaller team we were able to actually get some really cool projects during the pandemic and it was really wonderful to start working with people that I've known for a couple of years professionally together and what I feel like it's at the moment for me is something that I do kind of on the side as I'm doing my day job so as in it's a lot of just we, additional weekend hours that I put in but it's something that I'm very grateful that we were able to launch that during the pandemic and actually get significant amount of projects because I think what I feel is we get to choose the projects as in we can say no to some of the projects that come in or we can also like if there's something that one of us really feel passionate about like oh I want to do an AR content video like content project or this time I want to do like, I don't know, more, more branding towards another artist. We can actually seek out those projects. And I think that's been something that actually been a good balance for me to stay creative, stay agile, and also experimental within my career. Because when you're in a company, sometimes, you know, you don't get to do the things that you want to make. Um, but 
I think with me having the support of my close friends and collaborators, it's just been a really good push to have that support behind to create things together. What is the meaning behind the name Ophelia? The thing is, Ophelia actually went through a couple of changes of names Mm -hmm. as we were starting. But actually, Ophelia is one of my friend's cat's names. Okay. We thought it was a very elegant name. Uh, we did. I I think we went through some names, and we just didn't want to have like a corny name, like the best studio or like Agile or something like that. We just wanted something simple, elegant, something that is memorable. And it just so happened that my friend's cat's name is Ophelia, and we always loved that name. <laughs> I'd love to know what are some kind of like of your uh, design philosophies or lessons that you've learned over building and refining in your skills and your craft. I know you picked yeah. up those skills as a product designer. Um, are there any things that you kind of adhere to or, you know, have things that you go by all the time? I think this was taught to me either by Ian or Chandler. <laughs> the phrase like, like, <laughs> like have no ego. And that's like the big umbrella when I approach design as in, you know, you have to be flexible, you have to listen, and you have to be empathetic when you work with people. I think with any creative studio or creative business, they want to make great work, but it's also about like, how are you communicating to build that? It doesn't matter if you are the coolest designer out there. Can you work with other people? Can you connect with other people? And I think that's really important to get things done. And I think in terms of just building skill sets, building, you know, becoming a stronger designer as you get older, I think there was a lot of frustration in the beginning when I was picking up a lot of like 3D, a lot of product, all of this thing was that I was trying really hard. Like, how do I do it right? When you go on Twitter, you go on a YouTube tutorial, there's always like people saying like, this is how you do it. To be honest with you, I think I realized this is that no one really sets, like no one's really setting the real standards. It's based on like, can you get it done? Does it work? Does it communicate? Does it speak to your audience? And then the process is really just based on like how you're able to achieve it and how you're able to communicate to other people how you got it done too. So I I definitely felt that a lot with product because I felt really weird that I never learned product design professionally. And I know there's, you know, actual programs just dedicated to UX, UI builds and stuff like that. But when you really think about it, like these like UX, UI software systems philosophies, they're all fairly new. Like the Internet hasn't been this popping until now. So everyone's just kind of figuring out, pulling resources together. So it's kind of just like, you just have to be flexible. You just have to work with, figure out what works for you as you're learning these kind of things. And also ask a lot of questions to everyone else who are already doing it. Because if you're struggling, you don't know how to do it. So is someone else. And they're more than willing to talk to you about it and share tips together. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frequencies. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and a comment. On Instagram, you can follow us at World's Greatest Internship and Butcher Shop Creative. This episode featured music from Xylo Zico. I'm Michelle Wang, and you've been listening to Frequencies. See you out there.